You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. We got to wait for the beginning of the music to just roll through. That's a great chord right there. Welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, once again, this is uh, the third day of the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. Mm-hmm. We get the opportunity and the honor and privilege of recording in front of a live audience. Say hello, everybody. <laughs> Love it. And Corey's second day of a yoga class. Yes, and, official. And, yes. And, you, and you broke a sweat and have been sweating ever since. I have. <laughs> I have. I, I need to stop sweating at some point today. Well, Pam says it's just because you're hot. Well, just so you know, that's what Pam thinks. Well, this culprit. has been Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> He's gonna head to his room now. We'll see you later. Thanks for taking some time. Uh, no, we're so glad that everybody's here, especially people that hung out to hang out and watch a show. Mm-hmm. And we're also incredibly glad when people stay and become fans and part of the community and speak up and send their questions and comments and criticisms and topics and ideas to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com because that's how you find us the easiest and this has been fun hasn't it yeah. couldn't you do this all week i don't know after this morning <laughs> are you exhausted i'm tired i don't know well, if everybody so. is everybody in the audience are you guys tired or energized Energized, good. Okay, yeah. well, that's fantastic. But, but you have a right to be exhausted because you have poured some blood, sweat, and tears yeah. into these presentations, and you've been rocking everybody's face off. <laughs> yeah. That's, there's an element of sex where isn't that just what we want to do is rock somebody's <laughs> face off. Awesome. <laughs> Which would look really awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> like a Terminator movie or something? I don't know. <laughs> Yes, Where it did would. that expression even yes, come from? Yes, it would. Okay, so speaking of feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, yes. I have been collecting some kudos and comments that I would love to start off the show with. Is that go. okay? Yes, go. Okay, so Brandon is a lead pastor in Arizona. He says, I just wanted to email you today and tell you guys how much I love your show. I stumbled on it a couple of months ago, and I've now become one of those binge listeners. He says, just a couple of weeks ago, I did a series entitled Relationship Rehab, and I want you all to know that one of the resources I gave to our church members was for them to check out the Sexy Marriage Radio podcast. Awesome. I truly desire to see my marriage and the marriages of the couples in our church, as well as the couples in our community, to have great sex lives. So keep doing what you guys are doing. It's definitely making a difference. That's fantastic. I love that. Yes. Love hearing when pastors spread the word. Yeah, because if there's anything that I see, and I think I speak for you in this regards to um, a, a, a need is for uh, married couples in churches to just really wake up and see what the depth and passion and love that we have available to us in yeah. marriage life. So many people forget that this is God's creation. Yeah. Read Song of Solomon. It's pretty yeah. steamy. Whew. Okay, so we got a lot of feedback on the power of the third, and we decided to do a second episode yep. on that concept. I don't know that we're going to do a whole other show on this concept, but there was enough feedback that I thought it was worth mentioning because okay. it's kind of all over the map. But okay. the He Comes First episode. Yep. Got a lot of buzz. So Mark said, I love the topic today and completely agree. For me, the higher desire partner, that sense of boiling, or I'm sorry, that sense of boiling over is near constant. With my past marriage harnessing that daily, holding on to that until it's the right time, which was usually 1030 after the kids are in bed, after the day's wrapped up, it was exhausting and frustrating. He said, focusing on her in the she comes first was a battle. And at that point was more of a don't you dare come first. 
from coming from her. Okay. And he said, I often desired for the he comes first approach. I just didn't think that I had the the freedom to ask for it. And he says, I think that leveraging something like this would have allowed me the freedom to be more completely engaged in the experience instead of being so focused on trying to delay my own gratification. So he said, great podcast topic. Thanks again for all that you two do. He says, I can't begin to share enough how much your podcast, a ministry in my eyes, has meant to me over the years. I honestly don't know how I would have survived the last three years without you two. You've truly blessed me. Yeah, that's, cool. that's actually coming from a friend, from a friend of ours from past getaway. I think you probably know. I, I changed names cool. on these. No, that's cool. But yeah, I think that but, you know. Okay, probably know who so that I've, is. I've got to make a point though from that. Yeah. And, and everybody in the audience here right now should know where I'm coming from with this. I don't have the freedom to ask for something because I'm worried about the response. Yeah, but then you don't get what you right. need. I mean, right? Am I wrong, guys? On that's, that's what it's about. Do you have the freedom to ask for something? If I'm not as worried about the response, absolutely I have the freedom. That's true. And he was referring to a previous marriage, and sure. he, he had wondered, sure. could that, that courage alone saved my marriage. I, well, yeah. I, yeah, I just wanted to spell the myth of we got to figure out what I'm attached to. And a lot of times it's I'm afraid of the response, so therefore I don't have the freedom. But I'm mm-hmm. going to challenge you. Yes, you do handle the response better. Right. Find the courage yep. because the worst you can get is a no, and then you're no worse off than you were before. But if you get a yep. yes, it could make all the difference. Ask to fly first class when you first board a plane. Because <laughs> all they can do is say no, get in the back. I've yet to be thrown <laughs> off a plane by asking that question. I love it. Okay, so Brenda said, wait a minute. If he comes first, then the only thing that's going to be happening is a nap. And oral sex is obviously off the table if he ejaculates inside my vagina because men have such an issue with that. It seems like a very unfair approach if you ask me. So the only reason that I I know that because I know where you're going with this. Go. Well, the only reason I put that out there is because then there was a follow up to that email that I just I was delighted to hear from Jeff. He said, I wanted to drop you a line and let you know that I was shocked that you both dropped the ball on the He Comes First episode, which is totally okay when people Mm -hmm. totally disagree with us. We want to hear about that. Uh, You both seem to take it as a given that the husband would ejaculate somewhere else or in a condom. Because apparently all men will refuse to give their wife oral after they've ejaculated in her. I'm surprised at how narrow you both thought on this issue. Without question, the correct response to husbands with that objection is get over yourself. Exactly. He said it seems a safe assumption that just about every husband wishes his wife would let him finish in her mouth. And it's a safe bet that a similar percentage of husbands would want their wife to feel comfortable uh, taking him in her mouth after he was in her vagina. So tell me, how in the world is tasting a little bit of his own semen something that a husband should object to? Common courtesy and reciprocity dictate that it should be a two-way street. What a challenge to the men. <laughs> uh, there might have just been a little bit of pucker factor that happened with some of the guys. <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> is it, it's time for lunch. Let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so then one final comment from Jerry. He said, this has been the very typical sex life in my marriage. It has taken some time to figure out that the best timing that we should go through. He said, I usually will be bursting at the seams, so I ejaculate or I make her slow down. It's a stronger orgasm when I wait for her orgasm and we do it together, though. Sometimes when I go first, 
just while it during intercourse, it will help for things being smoother and she doesn't have to hold back to just focus on her own needs. He says, the first two years of my marriage was tough trying to figure out the best way for both of us. We have an understanding now and typically try to orgasm together, but the other half, I will just go first, but then really pick up the intensity so I'm not worried about myself and then can really focus on her. And that kind of goes back to that yeah. first comment. It's like, yeah, if, if you're going to pass out and take a nap, then he shouldn't come first, but the right. ratcheting up the energy level to make sure that she feels attended to, that's great advice. And then he also gives a PS with some other good advice. He said, great lubrication is allocadabra. Never heard of it, but you might oh, want to check it out. We have some hands. We have some knowledge Alokadabra going on in the audience. Alocadabra so, is good. Okay. And then he says, also, using a salt lamp for lighting is a really cool ambiance factor. Yeah. So is a uh, diffuser for the oils. The aromatic oils. Yes. Yeah. That's a good ambiance. Because some of those diffusers actually change colors. Ooh. While they're diffusing. So the Ooh. whole, f- and you, then know, you feel like you're you in have a to match club. your sex life to the color. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Corey, here's where I wanted to go with the topic. Yes. All I right. will follow. Okay. And so the past couple days we've been talking about emotional triggers mm-hmm. and challenges and communication impasses, that sort of thing. Yep. And several people put a question in the question box that I thought, let's just make a show out of it and record it with them live. Okay. Okay. So the the question is basically when you realize that you are being triggered emotionally and you're overreacting to the situation and your energy level goes out the roof, your anxiety level goes into overdrive, the hair on the back of your neck is standing up, and maybe if you're a vacillator, you, you want to bolt. Right. You, you had shared the three different animals. that right. people, You're either a bulldog, a rabbit, or a turtle. By default, typically. So go when ahead it comes, and unpack those. Okay, well, so when, it, when you're dealing with conflict, it seems that we will default to either being a bulldog, a rabbit, or a turtle. So we'll either come on he- headstrong, straight into it like a bulldog. Or, we'll, Dog with a bone. Wow, with sh- Sexy Marriage Radio with sound effects. <laughs> or, or we'll be a rabbit. Or they just bolt. And we'll run from it. I'm waiting for a sound effect. I don't have a sound effect okay. for bolting. Or, Boom! there you go. Or, or we would be a turtle, and we would just... Uh, hole up into our shell and hope Whoop. the storm passes. That's not what a turtle sounds like, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> oh, tell us what a turtle sounds like, they, Corey. Okay. Okay. Um, so it, it, we usually default to one of those. Yeah. And I disclosed that I'm a rabbit. That's That's been my MO is I run or I crack jokes or I change the subject. And that's okay. just rabbiting away from conflict. And I'm a bulldog. I, I want to wrestle with it until we get to the conclusion okay. because I'm a peace lover and I don't like to live in the tension. Um, and so, yeah, I thought it would be helpful if we discussed a list of things that you can say in response to the tension that you're feeling instead okay. of doing what you typically do. Yep. So instead of doing the bulldog approach, instead of bolting, instead of just withdrawing, how about if you simply communicate to your spouse I think we have a problem. Why don't we take some time to think about it and okay. get back together and talk about a, talk about possible solutions? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're acknowledging that there's a problem, but right. you're not Absolutely. turning it into a bigger problem by um, overreacting. Right. Because I, I view these uh, these that I'm going to go through, I view them as the opposite of what we tend to do. We tend to when we see that there's a fire starting and we smell smoke, we overreact and we go get some gasoline. Yep. And pour it on the fire. Yep. And these are basically strategies that you can go and get boulders to set it around the fire and create a boundary. Because a fire with a rock boundary around it is what? 
it's a campfire. Right. And who doesn't love a campfire? Right. Who can't warm up to and glean from a campfire? S'mores. Exactly. But without those boundaries, <laughs> that fire can become a raging wildfire sure. that totally destroys things. Yep. And so uh, here's so I'm just going to go through this list, and, and you can just give me some feedback when I get to the end. So we've got a problem is one of them. I'm struggling. Can we make some time to talk soon? I think we need some eye-to-eye time. Because it's been amazing how when we have these eye-to-eye exercises that people's anxiety levels just melt, and mm-hmm. we see them touching each other mm-hmm. and even crying a little bit, and they are reminded about what's really important. I'm feeling some anxiety right now. I need some alone time, either with you or without you. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking that there are things that we need to bring up with our counselor soon. I'm feeling disconnected. I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing some anger, and I need to vent or process. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling sad about blank. You fill in the blank. Or I'm not sure why I'm sad. Yep. Or I'm scared that blank. That if we could learn to just say what we're feeling... Right. And take ownership of those feelings, make I statements. You notice how most of them started with I. Yeah, that's what I was just about to point out. It's like I'm catching a theme in that list. Right. Take ownership of Mm -hmm. what you're feeling before you start projecting it on the other person and assuming that they they were trying to hurt you or they are trying to to stir things up or kick a hornet's nest when that's probably not what they were trying to do. I don't know very many people who go around intentionally kicking a hornet's nest with their spouse, unless it's marital sadism, yeah, like you were talking just, about. I was going to come back with, uh, hold on. I was listening. There's times where they do intentionally <laughs> kick a hornet's nest. Yeah, but wouldn't you agree that most of the time when triggers happen, it's it's totally accidental. Neither one of them saw this coming. Sure. I, I'll, I'll go with the majority, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Um, did you know that Gottman actually has stuff on this? He does. That he's he's uh, the the art of the soft startup. Yeah, or the so gentle talk about, initiation. Talk about the soft well, it's, startup. It's the same concept that um, how he has a kind of a rule he's created from his research, which is some of the best marriage research data out there as far as longitudinal research of forty plus years of data mm-hmm. that he's got. That is then be able to parse it out. And I don't know if our audience, we've not talked about Gottman uh, this weekend, but he actually can watch an, a couple argue for 15 minutes and with a 93% accuracy predict if they're going to get divorced or not. Yeah, it's and uncanny. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And it's all just from research data he's found of uh-huh. how people communicate, what are and do you uh, remember physiological the- options or how we respond to things. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the four horsemen oh, of the four, apocalypse? Oh, sure. Stonewalling. Yes, and I said, oh, sure, and then I realized I don't remember all four of them. Uh, you know what I'm referring yes, to. Yes, I do. It's the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Um, so I will find that before the show's over. I just remember Stonewalling being no. one of the big ones. Yeah, so, but let's keep it on the, on the startup, and then yeah. we'll find the, the horseman if it, if it applies. Um, Somebody want to Google that for us? So it's the idea of softening a startup is keep it simple. Because okay. a lot of times we'll come in with a, uh, our, our defense ready to go. You know, we're, it's, we're lawyers trying to present my defense. <laughs> so I need all the time in the world for my opening statement mm-hmm. rather than keep it simple. What's the issue? What's okay. my problem? What are we, what are we really addressing? Okay. Um, complain, but don't blame. There's okay. a difference. Okay. A complaint is okay, right? Okay. As long as it's not You're being attached honest to about your feelings. Yeah. Because we all have complaints, don't we? That we all have things that are like, this is a problem. Well, stop complaining, Shannon. Well, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying it's a problem. Right. right? And in most, co- in most couples' relationships, 
at some point in time, they have said, I want you to be honest about your feelings with me. <laughs> and then when we turn around and be honest about our feelings, then it's like, hey, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Stop complaining. Mm. Just playing by the rules you established. Exactly. Yep. And he also adds, let me back up just real quick. He makes the comment of how we start is how we finish. So if I come in, guns blazing, that's how the relationship, the conversation is going to go. Interesting. If I come in gentler, it's greater likelihood we'll stay in that arena. Right. What well, goes back to that terrorist versus a sobbing child, that if someone comes pounding on your door yelling, open up, and you hear that they're angry, the chances of you opening that door are pretty slim. You want to run and hide. But if you hear a sobbing child outside your door, it basically... Uh, inspires you to open the door and find right. out what's wrong. How can I help? And right. so getting sad instead of mad yep. is a huge um, yep. benefit. And then he has the I instead of you. That's mm-hmm. what you were just talking about with all of your statements. Right. Describe, don't judge. So you're just describing and trying to keep it factual, not a judgment or an indictment of right. a person. Because all, all of these two, they do spin out of some of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which are uh, criticism, contempt, defensiveness and stonewalling. That's it. And we and it, I think it's important for our audience to know that we all have some of these. Sure, right? this is human nature. We have areas of defensiveness. We have areas of criticism. We can even have areas of contempt. Mm-hmm. It, that's just reality. But it's how do I recognize it and how it's interplaying and wrecking my marriage mm-hmm. because we could have two or three of those going on and that's when we're doomed to some major problems or the end of the relationship. Right. Absolutely. And so it kind of reminds me of the vacillator dynamic that Mylon and Kay Yerkovich talk about with how we love is that a a person who is a vacillator, basically, when you look at their history, their childhood, kind of like the the life mapping exercise that we did, what you will see is that their parents met their emotional needs some of the time, but very inconsistently. And it wasn't usually when the child needed the parent. It was when the parent needed the affirmation or it was when the parent needed to feel connected. When you need something from them, that's when you start reaching out. Right. And so the vacillator learned not to depend on that parent. And even when the parent did approach them trying to connect, it was usually like, yeah, I needed you more last week, but right now talk to the hand. It it just, they learned to reject the very connection that they craved. And so as an adult, in relationship, what they will often do when tension arises is they will bolt. They will be that rabbit. They will want to run at breakneck speed. But then that leaves their partner reeling with, really, you're going to, you're going to end this relationship. You're going to choose divorce just because we have this little molehill over here that you've now turned into a mountain. And so learning to be honest about what you're feeling and face those feelings and process those together much better response than bolting or throwing gas on the fire. Absolutely. And then another thing Gottman points out is the idea of um, don't store stuff up because Mm -hmm. how often do we have something that's gone on in our marriage or something that's gone on in a relationship and it's like, yeah, I'll wait. I won't bring it up now. And then it's kind of, then it becomes something else. And then we store up something else until... Here's Mount Masuvius. Six or months later, yeah, it's huge. it all spews out at yeah. once. And you did this and you do this, and this drives me crazy. And your spouse and- is probably going, I just forgot to pick up milk. You know? <laughs> right. what but you never do this and you always do this. Happened. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so funny because I, I think of the times where we have these interplays. And it's important, I believe, that we watch our side of the equation and how we start 
how we make an statement when the triggers happen or something. But I think it's also important that we have the ability to stand and confront self and partner in those moments. Unpack that. Okay. Uh, best thing I could give you is an example. So um, it's well known. We have tax season that happens in my world. And so that means Pam's going to be absent for large sections of the days and yep. weeks during the major bu uh, busy seasons. And so typically during those times, what makes that a whole lot easier for us as far as a transition is I take care of home. When she knows I've got that, she then is much freer to just take care of what she needs to take care of and then come and engage when she gets opportunities rather than coming in with, well, that's not done, that's not done, that's not done. And that still happens because she still does things differently than I would do them. How mm -hmm. dare her? But instead, yeah, oh, the horror. Um, <laughs> but it's seeing it as, okay, that's just the interplay we've got. Well, one time, after three or four days in a row, she had come home, kitchen, uh, kitchen sink was full of dishes. We had not got them put away. I had not got them in the dishwasher. And so she, after a couple of days in a row, was doing it and was putting them away rather forcefully in the dishwasher and was mad and made the comment, I feel like all I'm ever doing is putting away dishes. Mm. That's trigger. She used I statements, well, though. Well, she did. No, but here you go, though, because this is the difference. It was a trigger mm -hmm. to me and her. We both had our own worlds going on. Right. Okay? So all of a sudden, it's not about the dishes. Right. But my response was... Because this was one of my, I have a few of these really good moments where mm -hmm. I do lean into it and stand solid. Mm -hmm. My response was I looked her square in the eye and said, honey, you and I both know that's not true. Because she used the word always. Right. And, always and never. And because never it's one of those accurate. like, I get it. I understand. We're off balance. You're reacting. I'm reacting. I get it. And so part of the graciousness and love of married life is how do I give room for both of us to do that? Right. But because you approached it with a soft opening of Somewhat. honey. Well, honey. It, it, but it's still kind of a scary. You, you could have done it a lot more hatefully, as many of us do. Well, but the trigger I had was I wanted to just like, hold on, I, I took care of it. And I'll pull out a calendar. I did this day, this day, this day, this day. This day you know, what start about going. this and this? <laughs> because then you're trying to just prove points and one up and feel your, boost yourself and blah, 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 rather than, hold on, yeah. let's keep an accurate lens of the entirety of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I recognize there's times I don't operate at my best. I don't respond well because I've got a lot going on. And that was going on with her. She'd had really, really tough days in a row. Mm -hmm. And so coming home and having it magnified, I get it. I understand why we would react. So what if the spouse, what if you had said, I can see how you might feel that way. If you're feeling overwhelmed by this task at the moment, why don't you go lay down and I'll finish it? Fantastic. There's no that's, way. It's a great response. Exactly. That's not coming There's... out of my mouth. I can never imagine phrasing it that way. <laughs> yeah, she's shaking her head like, no, Corey would never respond that way. But there's no way that the spouse can be angry about that. You know, about no, hold on. Hold on. Uh, no, because that's still um, uh, an, uh, almost an exaggerative of there's no way. Yeah, there is. There could be times where I still am like, we're still talking about the dishes and I'm always doing them. Because okay. I'm still upset. That I'm they still would be mad, doing the bulldog but approach. But it's their issue. And okay. that's the whole, how do I, and this is what we've been talking about, the getaway. That's what we've been doing all morning so far today, is how do I maintain my side of this mm -hmm. while still being solid and present and engaged for the sake of my partner and for the sake of the moments? Okay. My question is, if the spouse who is on the receiving end of that complaint 
if they give in too quickly, if they just, oh, you're right, and they just start doing it, mm-hmm. is that, are they shooting themselves in the foot? Sure. Are they creating a tyrant? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we teach people how to treat us all the time. Right. And so if I just cower and turtle up and just, okay, I'm sorry, and I, and I do all that kind of stuff, I'm just teaching. Yeah, you can act however you want, and I will just deal with it. Walk right over yep. me. I'm your doormat. Yep. But isn't Until that what Mr. Nice Guy does? It, it, or Mrs. Nice now Girl. Now you're meddling, girl. Um, <laughs> now, eventually we will reach that point of the Mount Vesuvius. It's like, now all of a sudden, I'm, no, I'm not going to just give in on this. Right. And so it's, it's really... I think the crux of what we are talking about with the show is this idea of when we're triggered, that's probably a signal of now's the time to be addressing something. Mm-hmm. I thought of yoga this morning. One of the comments Christy made was, in this pose, if it's hurting your legs, then you're doing it right. You know, maybe, that's, <laughs> maybe that means you need to be doing this. You yeah. know, maybe, you know, and that's the whole idea. Of it. it's, a, it's your body's signal saying, okay, this is uncomfortable and I want to stop, but no. I'm going to stay lean in into it. it. I'm going to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that's and, a and huge the deeper you go shift. in it and the more it hurts, the more benefit you're getting from Possibly, it. Possibly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Unless you just totally break your hip. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully one wouldn't go that far with absolutely, it. Absolutely. Another question that I have is that if you feel as if you're going to respond to a trigger that you're feeling and you wonder if it might do more damage than good, perhaps a good litmus test that you could use before you say what you're about to say is, would you say that to a stranger or a friend? Yeah, that's good. I also think of the litmus test. If you feel like you have to qualify the statement of, I probably shouldn't say this, but (laughs) with all due respect, here I go disrespecting you. You know, those are the things that is like, but that's one of those, how big is your butt Maybe questions. I should catch myself because that's what I've started doing with my clients is I probably shouldn't say this. I interrupt real quick. Well, then don't. Good for you. You know, because hello, nothing. You didn't, you didn't just make it softer by giving that little thing. Right. <laughs> if you got to say it, say it. Not everything has to be said. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, and a lot of people have a hard time with the edit button. The concept of having a thought but not spitting it out uh-huh. is is kind of, especially if you grew up in homes where mom and dad were just saying anything and everything to each other, you didn't see the edit button yep. being used very often, but it really does help to edit. It helps to just take some time to cool off, mm-hmm. think about what you really want to say, and if it's not something that you would say to a friend and expect to keep them as mm-hmm. a friend, maybe think twice about saying it that way to your spouse because there are a lot of people who will complain. My spouse is nicer to everybody else than they are to me. And anyone who feels that way in a marriage relationship, that's kind of doomed for failure at some point, isn't it? Yes, maybe. But I think it's also um, an element of just part of the process of a marriage because now we're being confronted with, okay, I'm seeing the worst in people and I'm seeing the, the darker side of my spouse. So how am I contributing to that? What am I doing that's bringing that on? How have I taught them that that's okay, acceptable? even encouraged. And so I, I, just, I would want to say, because I know there's going to be people that are listening or maybe people here in the audience that are like, okay, you better be listening because they're sitting right next to their spouse. Like, he's talking about you right now. And, <laughs> you know, but it, it's just that idea of seeing it as, okay, that's just a midpoint of a relationship. That's a, how can I see it as, all right, now we're talking about a relationship dynamic that has triggers that are running rampant. Mm-hmm. So now how do I lean into my side of what my response is and reactions I need to have to both triggers, to mine and yours. Right. 
and it goes back to one of the best questions that you can ask yourself is what am I feeling and when do I remember feeling this way before? Because if it's a trigger, it means that you're feeling a feeling that reminds you of a of something in your past where you felt helpless or hopeless or powerless mm-hmm. or degraded or scared or angry or something. That's where the emotion is coming from. It's not coming from the dishes. It's not coming from the paint lines right. like we talked about earlier. Right. This is coming from old feelings right. creeping up. There's something rearing its head, and that probably means it's time to address it if it's coming up. Mm-hmm. And so it goes back to how Schnars calls marriage a crucible. Yep. That it's the heating process that brings all those impurities to the surface. And if you just skim them off, you have a much pure relationship. Yep. Don't you wish that it was that easy? Just skim them off. Get rid of them. And you'll be great. <laughs> exactly. That's what I love <laughs> I some of the stuff. with it. I, I love some of the ideas and how that we get to be the ones that sit behind the microphone and talk about these things that are just simple. We can philosophize right. and theologize but about them all day long, but it, don't we struggle no. with them in our own yeah. relationships? Yeah, it's, it's we absolutely do. Hard to do. The reason that we can do 300 episodes, 299 exactly, um, is that we have lived so much of this. This is yes. this hits home with I think every human being on the planet yeah. that at some point, the more the more life you live, the deeper your marriage relationship goes, the more opportunities for these crucible moments to yeah. come up. Absolutely. Because it is one of those things that if we could see this stuff as it's a process going on, maybe now all of a sudden I start to see it differently, Mm -hmm. challenge something differently. Mm Because I would also say you you come at it from the mindset of, okay, this trigger, there's some reason it's here. Mm -hmm. right? There's something that's coming from my past. I'm more of the present kind of a guy. Mm -hmm. So I would ask ask people if they're in that kind of a reign uh, frame of mind to say ask themselves what am i holding so dear in this moment mm. what is it that i really want is am i What's okay feeling threatened right or am i okay risking being right if it means I'm, my partner's wrong mm. and that could mean okay now we just got a different hierarchy and a different balance and all of you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of how do i challenge myself do i need to be so right even if that means i'm uh, alone Right. Do you want to be right or do you want to be connected? Right. Yeah. And this also reminds me of some good advice for single people who are listening that you need to keep in mind when you're choosing your mate, this is not just choosing who you're going to love the rest of your life. It's also choosing who you're going to fight with the rest of your life because it, it's yeah. a two-sided coin. You better <laughs> choose somebody that you fight Don't good you with, we you fight well with. Said, Here's what I'm going to fight about. Now <laughs> we get all picked. Here okay, are my I'll triggers. <laughs> this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. Yep, we love you for listening.